0: Hello, all you buttoned-up accountants and free-spirited artists, and welcome to episode 37 of A Bookish Affair, where we two Shannons will be your fellow travelers, not fallow travelers, fellow travelers, through the world of happily ever after. I'm Shandy. she's Shannon, and we love romance.
1: We are the co-founders of the Lake Oswego Public Library's Romance Book Club, A Bookish Affair. We read and discuss diverse and inclusive love stories every second Sunday of the month at the library when it's wo- when it's open and on Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you are interested in joining a virtual discussion group, have feedback for us, maybe even some suggestions for the club or podcast, or perhaps you just want to say hello. Check the show notes for our emails and the link in our uh, the link to our bookish affair page on LOPL.org.
0: We'd like to begin by acknowledging the ancestral, traditional, and unceded territory of the Kalapuya, Kalitz, Multnomah, and Clackamas peoples on which we live, work, and record this podcast with gratitude. All right, friends, welcome to that most rainbowy of months, Pride Month. What do you think, Shannon, should we as we did last year, and as we have done during the early months of this year, go wild with the challenges yet again. <laughs> I think you might need a bit of a break. And honestly, if, I, if I'm being truly honest with myself, I haven't finished a book in weeks. So I think I might need a break from challenges too, even if I'm having a hard time admitting it to myself.
1: No, it's true. It's, it's hard. It's hard to pass up it's hard to resist because I love these and it, it makes reading so intentional but I think with um me sort are of returning to the library and you know I just like I don't know if I'm up for another challenge <laughs> but I'm excited to share some new and recent releases from LGBTQ plus authors Are you going to do it? I know you just admitted that you haven't finished a book in weeks, but that's never stopped you before.
0: It's true. I have been doing a pride month challenge for myself for so what feels like so many years now, and it feels weird not to do it. Um, But like it is already June 3rd. If I'm going to do it, I need to do it. But, you know, we've also talked about this a lot here. We've talked about about reading, like really committing to reading LGBTQ plus authors and books year round um, the same way that we're committed to reading Black authors, not just during Black History Month and Asian American and Pacific Islander authors, not just during May. And so, you know, I, I, th- I think the direction to go this year really is like, of course, I will read. Yeah. It's June. It's fun. There are rainbows everywhere, and I will definitely read a lot of LGBTQ plus books this this month, assuming I can finish any books at all, um, which the jury is kind of out on that, honestly.
1: There, no shame. It's just that time of year.
0: It really is.
1: Or maybe so, I don't know. it's specific to 2021. Like, there's just a lot going on internationally nationally and especially around the pandemic and things opening up so attentions are kind of scattered to a lot of different areas
0: yeah it's a it's a strange it's a strange time in the world and also it's a strange time in my house because joe and claire are actually in california um they're in the middle of a three-week sojourn without me my fomo is real and i (laughs) and since they left i haven't really finished a book I have been binge watching Great British Bake Off. And that's pretty much all I can manage. But here's the thing. I feel like if we do this episode highlighting some of the great LGBTQ plus romances that have appeared on our bookshelves, whether those be physical or digital during 2021, that's gonna that's gonna get me psyched out to yeah. maybe actually think about finishing a book or two this month. <laughs> Now, if you, dear listeners, are challenging yourselves to read The Rainbow this June, of course. And as always, we would love to hear about it. So please get in contact with us. And let, especially, you know, if we miss any of your favorite recent releases or we've never talked about one of your favorite authors, please let us know because we really need to know. And for those of you who follow Olivia Waite's romance column in the New York Times, there's a ton of overlap on her summer list in this list that we are about to about to give you and no I did not read her column until after we had already made this list I will link it in the show notes of course because it's always a treat to read what she has to say but I, I feel really good about this I feel like it proves somehow that I'm paying attention
1: <laughs> there was never a doubt Shannon <laughs> never a doubt
0: if there's one thing I'm paying attention to in this world, it's, it's romance. <laughs>
1: Quality romance. Yes.
0: All right. So let's talk about some of the most swoon-worthy LGBTQ romances of 2021. Cause there are so many, we will not be able to fit them all into this episode, but let's talk about some of our favorites. Some of the ones we're most excited to read. Shannon, will you start us off with a hometown Portland author, Corellia Stutzwaters.
1: Absolutely. I'm super excited for Corellia Stutzwaters' latest satisfaction guaranteed. First of all, I'm just so thrilled for her because she works so hard and is a very lovely, lovely human being. And also, her latest is just getting crazy good reviews. I just ordered my copy. I'm really looking forward to get to getting it in my hot little hands. Yeah, just um, across the board, stellar reviews. And I think uh, you had some mighty high praise for it as well, Shandy.
0: I got an arc from NetGalley. And uh, I mean, that should really be my challenge is just reading all the NetGalley arcs that I'm really behind on. I'm about a third of the way through this book. And what I somehow was not expecting, and I don't really know why, I just, I, I hadn't read Corellia Schatzwater's before, this book is flippin' hilarious. It's really funny. Are all of her books this funny?
1: No, not all of them, but, like, Carlia is a great author, and as a person, she has a killer sense of humor, Um, so it doesn't surprise me, and maybe that's, I don't, I don't know. Like she just tapped into that. Um, so a little antidote. Um, we grew up in the same town um, in high school. While we didn't go to the same school, we had our, our friend group overlapped and we hung out. And this group, uh, we'd have movie nights and Curlia would bring these elaborate jello sculpture situations. For example, I remember one, uh, it was like a blue raspberry, which was like the ocean. She filled it with um, gummies, like shaped as fish, um, sharks, uh, people swimming. Uh, there's like Cool Whip on top and like waves. I mean, they were amazing. They were just the most incredible things. So her jello became the highlight of these movie nights all that to say going back around she has a great sense of humor and it's just absolutely delightful to see that reflected in her writing.
0: I really want to invite her to speak at the library when we have in-person author events again I just think that would be so cool I mean this book is amazing it seems like an obvious 2022 book club choice. So good. And she just sounds like a really fun person too. It would just be such a treat to someday, you know, be able to meet in person and also just, you know, invite authors into the building again. <laughs> speaking, speaking though of obvious book club choices, um, recently got an email from our friend, Chris, whom we've spoken about many times on this podcast uh, in response to a book club email in which I said that we have, you know, our, our September book club, book is still you know tbd we will figure it out and the email from chris said this is a direct quote september book one last stop resistance is futile (laughs) and while we are in fact going in another direction uh for our september book i i take his point
1: (laughs) i like that uh that email from chris yeah one last stop full stop transcript style (laughs) um (laughs) No, we are going in a different direction for our September book selection, which we will talk about at the end of this podcast. Special announcements and announcements. But <laughs> um, first, one last stop, Casey McQuiston. Talk about buzzy, buzzy books! Like this book is showing up everywhere, from Book Riot to Oprah to Pop Sugar. I mean, I was just reading about it in the New York Times piece about June releases. And what do you know? Of course it's there. Needless to say, One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston is getting serious attention, and for good reason. It follows August, who's new to New York City, sees sees the most beautiful woman on the Q train, Jane, who is literally displaced from the 1970s. Huh. From what I've read, there's this almost time travel component, which allows McQuiston to weave in some pretty incredible queer history throughout the story. So this is definitely one to watch and read. Red, white, and royal blue was fantastic. So, yeah, I'm super excited about this latest.
0: That's really, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Honestly, Chris has been, Chris has probably been after us both for six months. Like, he got a physical arc. And he was like, so which of you wants me to drop this on your doorstep first? When are you going to read it? When are you going to read it, Shannon? <laughs> like he sent me a picture. He went to New York recently and sent me a picture from the Q train. And have you read One Last Stop yet? And I'm sorry, Chris, that I haven't. But I am going to, I promise. Um, because I know there's no question that that we're both, we're all going to love this book. Speaking of books, there's no question we're going to really like um, and speaking also of Red, White, and Royal Blue, uh, which was Casey McQuiston's first book in our June pick last year, um, you brought to my attention recently a book that sounds very, uh, very Red, White, and Royal Blue-esque.
1: Yeah, it's hard not to make <clears throat> comparisons between Red, White, and Royal Blue and uh, the latest by Paul Rudnick, Playing the Palace. I mean... American event planner meets the Prince of Wales, they start dating, royal scandal ensues, and hopefully a happily ever after. It's hard not to think that this has been done before recently, right? But from what I'm reading, it's probably more on par with like Bridget Jones' diary than Red, White, and Royal Blue. From reviews I've read, it's high on camp, a little corny, but it has great one liners and is super delightful.
0: So, speaking of royals, are we on fire with the segues today or what? <laughs> How about Alyssa Cole's first full length FF romance, How to Find a Princess?
1: Ooh, talk about like royalty. This is a book of chauffeur royalty right here. <laughs> this is like book two of Cole's The Runaway Royals. I am so behind on my Alyssa call like my head is exploding out of control with my tbr but anyway (laughs) tell us about it
0: i loved it i've talked about it on here before um read it a couple months ago the only the only quibble i have is that the ending felt a little rushed i just wanted to spend more time with these characters um the cover you just have to go look at it. I, I read this great story about how they shot the cover. Um, it was it was right in the middle of the worst of the pandemic, and they were worried about how they were going to get two models, you know, in a in a romance cover clinch, but but safely, right? <laughs> So it turns out the two women who ended up on the cover are not dating, but they're best friends in real life, and they were already in each other's bubbles, so they could hang out unmasked. And so these two best friends just end up in this, like being the models for this beautiful romance cover, uh, which I just think is such a great story. I think there's also um, Once Ghosted, Twice Shy is Alyssa Cole's FF novella from The Reluctant Royal Royals. Um, I think the models on the cover of that might actually be dating in real life, um, which is just like, no wonder they look so cute and happy together. I just love that. I, I'm so, and I'm so interested. You know we've we've talked a fair amount about covers here and I, I'm really I think it's fascinating how how they're made and how you know the concepts and the and everything. So I just love I just love those sort of you know behind the scenes stories and those things. Uh, anyway, you heard me talk about this book and the cargo ship force proximity and the only one bed on that cargo ship. Um. So you, Shannon, are pretty much guaranteed to love this. I can't wait for you to read it. You're really going to enjoy it. Um, let's see, what else have we got? We have not read Alexis Hall here at A Bookish Affair, but I think based on everything, based on Alexis Hall's, you know, career just like really blowing up right now, I think we're going to have to remedy that situation sooner than later.
1: Totally. So last year's hit boyfriend material got great reviews and his latest rosaline palmer takes the cake features a bi main character so we needed some bi representation here um while the main romance is with men the buzz around this is super high especially after last year's boyfriend
0: Yeah, it sounds really fun. And like, let's talk about your catnip here. (laughs) Yes, it takes place on a Bake Off style show, which is so, which is so fun. And, you know, like, I think we talked about how my only complaint with uh, with Mangoes and Mistletoe by Adriana Herrera um, was like more Bake Off stuff, even more. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm happy for them. They're kissing, whatever. More Bake Off. Anyway, uh, back to Rosalind Palmer, Palmer takes the cake. I hear there's a love triangle. Um, I read KJ Charles, my source for news. Uh, I read her Goodreads review, and she said that she she loved the book, and she also said that there's so much attention sort of given to the, I don't know, the quote unquote like wrong guy, the the one you know, the other point of the of the love triangle, not the one where they end up together i think is what the implication was there um that it might not qualify as straight up romance maybe more um that uh, that term that i truly loathe women's fiction
1: <laughs> Ooh,
0: twist <laughs> but i mean also who cares like baking and presumably eventually an hea <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, I am watching all the past seasons of Bake Off in order, British order, not the order that they were shown in the U.S. So this really just sounds like pretty much just what I (laughs) mean. And also, I was checking Alexis Hall's website and noticed that he has a um, has a queer historical romance coming up next May. I don't know any other details, but those three words made me very excited you know, as as you know, I am a massive fan of LGBTQ historical romance, so I'm always thrilled to uh, to learn about a new author, um, and and especially kind of an own voices kind of situation. Speaking of historicals, like we've got new books from three of my absolute favorite historical romance authors: KJ Charles, Kat Sebastian, and EE e. Ottoman. Um, I think this is what my Aunt Meg refers to as an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> I know that I've already talked here about Ottoman's latest, which is called The Companion.
1: Oh, my God. When you told me about this, when you first talked about it. Yeah, I'm super excited about a trans historical. And I'm glad that we're talking about it again.
0: Me too. I I, I don't even know how to articulate what is so wonderful about this book. And I knew, I knew I was going to like it because I really like E.E. Ottoman. I knew I was going to like the post-war setting, the upstate New York setting. So we've got a, a young woman, aspiring author, Madeline, who flees the city to become a companion to a writer, Victor, who's living a quiet life in the country. So Madeline finds herself drawn to him, but also to their neighbor, Audrey. But Victor and Audrey used to be in love and it didn't end particularly well. So she has to decide... Does she want to pursue a romance with both friendship with both friendship with one and romance with the other? And if either any of these scenarios works out, how can she manage being in a relationship with both halves of a relationship that didn't work out previously? (laughs) And if you are a blusher, be warned because this is spicy um, far more so than anything else I've read by E.E. Ottoman. Um, It's wonderful. To read, just the the representation here is just so good. It's wonderful to read about three trans characters written by a trans author in a historical setting. As you know, you know KJ Charles and Kat Sebastian are are just some of my some of my very favorite authors period ever in the world. They are both cis women who write MM historical romance, and I remember. I remember Jessica Pride saying in a Book Riot newsletter once, we really, really need more own voices, LGBTQ plus historicals. And we're clearly starting to get that thanks to folks like E.E. E. Ottoman, apparently Alexis Hall. That doesn't mean that there isn't room for those old favorites, those those women who got me into MM historicals in the first place. Um, you know, there, there's room for it all. We just, I, I want more of everything I'm greedy um, <laughs> You know, so both of these women, KJ Charles and Kat Sebastian, happen to have new books out, Segway Town, Population Me.
1: (laughs) I'm telling you, 2021 is a rip-roaring year for new releases by some, like, some great new authors, but also some of our longtime favorites.
0: I know, and like, after the year, we've all had readers and authors (laughs) alike. I'm just so grateful to myself. For coming out with some new books. Um, I so so the book that KJ Charles has coming up, I believe it's being released next week. I have it pre-ordered, of course. Um, is the third in her Will Darling Adventures, which is a brilliant crossover kind of trilogy. It's got espionage, it's got mystery, and of course it has a very, very like you couldn't even call it a dollop. It's just like it's way more than a dollop. Of romance um i think i've talked about my friend becca um recommending this series to her last year and this was like she was not somebody who had read much romance of Ev, of any kind at all she loved these books so much she's even branched out to some more kj charles non-mystery like really proper sort of romance only like the gentle art of fortune hunting anyway i was really i was really pleased and proud of that yeah. <laughs> Like I I sent you down this path and I'm so proud. Um, So Subtle Blood is the third one in the Will Darling series. Um, I should be clear that this is, because this is a trilogy, and it will get to HEA by the end, but the romantic arc does stretch across three books. Um, Kim and Will, uh, the two men who are at the heart of this story, have, well, their lives are just kind of different and their careers are such that they don't things you know the, the path of true love does not always run smooth for these two but they um you know if you need if you need an hea at the end of every single book just sort of be warned here um that this this sort of longer arc if that's not your romance jam then yeah. You know. Uh, that's just a good thing to know. Um, anyway, the payoff is going to be spectacular. I know it. Uh, <laughs> and Kat Sebastian also has a new book about to be released, The Queer Principles of Kit Webb, which is about a former highwayman. And if you, like me, once recited The Highwayman by Alfred Noyes for a middle school speech tournament, I'm just like, go ahead and pause now, I'll wait. Uh, just see how much you remember, please, you know. <laughs> and I'm wondering how many people know about that poem, because I'm just going to go out go ahead and say it. The only adaptation of Anne of Green Gables that matters. The Kevin Sul- Sullivan miniseries uh, starring Megan Follows. <laughs> she recites that. And I want to say it's in the first you know, there's Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea, and I think she recites it toward the end of Anne of Green Gables, um, so if any of you, uh, you know, just sort of fell for that, and he lay in his blood on the highway with a bunch of lace at his throat, Oh, so good. <laughs> and then if you, like me, in eighth grade decided that that was you going to be your offering for the speech tournament, I just want to say I see you. I've uh, <laughs> been there and the drama is real anyway back to the book um so okay so yeah we've got a former highwayman uh we've got an an aristocratic dandy who wants him to come out of retirement for one last job i believe it is set in the 1750s so the wigs and the fashion are just supposed to be off the hook um i can't tell if it's a series don't really care because it looks awesome i believe it's her trade paperback debut which is great for cat sebastian i'm very happy for you cat less good for my pocketbook but you know i'll just have to work a few more hours at the library to be able to afford these things um okay so before we leave the historical realm to head back to the present we should probably mention olivia Waite's newest the hellions was <laughs> i because she was too modest to mention it herself in her new york times column i'm pretty sure So somebody has to, um, even though we don't have that kind of listenership. (laughs) Olivia, we love you. Uh, I adore the title. I also, speaking of covers, I also noticed that one of the cover models on the Hellions Waltz is the same woman wearing the same pale blue dress with puffed sleeves who appears on the cover of Cat Sebastian's A Little Light Mischief, which is a delightful FF historical novella. I was so pleased with myself for that eagle eye I'm just patting myself on the back all over the place in this episode. Um, Okay. One more FF historical Renee Dahlia just released her lady's melody, which takes place in the aftermath of the great war. Um, I liked a lot of things about her first post great war FF historical, her lady's honor. Ultimately I had a little bit of difficulty getting past um, how hard one of the heroines was on the other um, so I'm hoping that these two heroines are a bit kinder to each other. I'm looking forward to starting that soon. That that was a big, that was a long commercial free block of Shandy. Uh, Shannon, will you bring us back to the 21st century with a few more contemporary new releases?
1: First of all, we always love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> and you brought us some really great historicals. And that is a realm I don't know. I'm always happy to give you uninterrupted time to share with us uh, some historicals. Uh, So for bringing, coming back to contemporary times, let's start with Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers. This has been on my TBR for a while now. The premise is that Grace Porter, she's a rule abiding daughter of a military family gets married to a stranger one drunken night during a weekend getaway to las vegas which is so out of her character and and it doesn't help that her new wife is gone come morning light you know Mm -hmm. eventually grace reach out start to get to know each other um and uh i think grace then is in a position of having to confront some of her past and her fears and as my father used to say her hopes, dreams, and ambitions. So it sounds beautiful. It sounds messy. It sounds very, very human.
0: It sounds awesome. Um, it's been on my TBR for a long time. It and, and it's gotten so so much great buzz from readers and from other authors alike. So I, that sounds like another one with a lot of book club potential. The twenty twenty two lineup brainstorm doc continues to grow. <laughs> it's only getting bigger. Seriously. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay so what else do we have from this century
1: um philip william stover's book two of the new hope series shop is coming out uh i just realized that his first book in another series love beyond boundaries is up for a vivian award this is the reincarnated romance writers of america awards uh, for the category of Best Contemporary Short. So congratulations to Philip William Stover. Um, Now I know we we talked about it a few weeks ago that I I realized that I wasn't terribly enamored with New Hope's first book, uh, The Hideaway Inn, but uh, that one was beloved by people that we know and um, other reviewers so i want to give this author another chance and because he's a man writing um male male romance to me that's just super noteworthy and exciting and i just i it's important to include him here um so i i'm i'm going to give him another try
0: nice well own voices time i really do need to try something of his he's um these this series is published by karina adores um, which we talked about a bit in our sort of category romance episode, you've got a l- lot of kind of big sort of big names in LGBTQ plus romance on Karina Adore's roster. You know, Jace Ellis, Chris Ripper, Cole McCade, Rowan Parrish. Um, we talked about Ripper's The Hate Project um, back when we were talking about grumpy heroes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they uh, they have a couple more coming up with Karina in the next few months. The life revamp in December, um, and book boyfriend next May. Um, I've actually only read one of Ripper's books, um, which was before the Karina Adora's days. Um, that's called Gaze of Our Lives, and I liked it a lot. Really want to prioritize their newer stuff. Um, other other books on Karina, uh, other authors on Karina Adora's roster. Jace Ellis. Uh, I read her Jeremiah and Andre last year, um, and those. We're both great. Um, She also has a newer series for Karina, Learned Behaviors and Learned Reactions. And coming in January 2022, um, we've got an MM, thought we were divorced, but we're actually not. And it turns out we need to stay married to defeat a lawsuit anyway, that old chestnut. Uh, It's called If You Love Something, One of the Heroes is a Chef. Uh, So I think we're really, like we're just really primed to really enjoy this book. I especially love the way she writes about families and it really sounds like this is going to be no exception so pretty excited about that um speaking of authors whose books i read last summer and have more uh coming up uh, with karina adores um chensia c higgins whose novella things Hope for i really loved last summer has a forthcoming book for karina adores coming in february of 2022 i realize i am uh, getting a little bit ahead of myself. This is supposed to be a 2021 releases episode, but I'm just too excited. I'm sorry. I'm also not sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's called Devon and Chris plan a wedding. It's an FF contemporary fake relationship rom com. One of the heroines is an influencer, so there, there you have a little bit of not my thing. Uh, and there's reality TV. There's another little bit of not my thing. But whatever. The, like, I just, I think she's going to be one of those authors whom I just trust to take me wherever she needs to take me. So, Tensia, I will I will follow. Uh, <laughs> okay, Shannon, you are really this club and podcast's residence, resident YA expert. So I think you've got a couple more titles in your back pocket. Will you lay some YA on us?
1: I don't dare consider myself an expert in anything, uh, let alone <laughs> YA. We have some incredible youth librarians for that, but I do pay attention to it because A, it usually have a strong romance component, and B, often the writing and storytelling are just phenomenal. Also, I truly believe YA is worth highlighting. Okay, so the first one is by Jason June, who describes himself as a genderqueer writer mermaid who loves to create picture books that mix the flamboyantly wacky, with the slightly dark and young adult contemporary rom-coms full of love and lust and hijinks. So honestly, like who wouldn't want to spend time with this person? Okay, so this writer Mermaids' latest YA release is called Gay Agenda. This is set in Washington where Jay is the only gay kid and he keeps running he keeps a running list of things that he wants to do and his list is his is what he calls jay's gay agenda uh then his family moves to seattle and wow like his world just opens up and he starts crossing things off of his list but of course it isn't that easy and he's torn between old friends and new as well as first love and swoon
0: (laughs) That sounds, uh, both author and book sounds just terribly charming.
1: (laughs) Right? All right. The other one I want to bring to your attention is one we've actually talked about before, but we need to discuss it again. Uh, The Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. This is getting so much buzz. So this is set in 1954 San Francisco. uh, And The Last Night at the Telegraph Club brings us forbidden Love, Not just between two women, but also during a time of McCarthyism, the fear of communism, and also a significant amount of discrimination against Asians. So it it just feels really timely, doesn't it? Like, her Lowe's writing is just top-notch. Her storytelling is beautiful. This is definitely one to read. Okay, what else? Do we have a couple more that maybe you want to talk about?
0: I might have a couple more. Um, I should say I have been working on Last Night at the Telegraph Club for a while now. It's on the long side, which, you know, for me means like, oh, it's not a novella. It's more than 150 pages. (laughs) I I keep thinking, oh, yeah, I can finish it in this three week period. Nope. No, it went back to the library and now I have to replace the ebook hold, but I love it, I, I really do. And it takes place in Evie's old neighborhood, so it's a part of San Francisco I'm really familiar with. It's very easy to picture the characters just hanging out in the park in front of St. Peter and Paul's. And the high school that they go to is one that I've walked by a ton of times on my way to Susie Cakes in the marina, and you know all this stuff uh I, I love it I have this in my head as our next September 2022 book club pick a lot of game left you know many 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 more books will be published between now and then but it's it's something special and I really feel like it would be an awesome book club pick uh okay've I've just got a couple more to mention and then I think we're gonna have to cut ourselves off because we could do this all day uh, and if you allowed us to we would. Uh, <laughs> So I have mentioned when Tara met for by Tara Pami before both both protagonists are pretty youthful kind of just out of in that sort of just out of high school college age so maybe it's kind of new adult. Um, it's very charming FF contemporary pretty different from Tara Pami's sort of alpha filled category romances which I also do enjoy at least the Bollywood ones. Um, it is also the beginning of a series that focuses on the members of um, of what I believe is called the Bollywood Dance and Drama Society. So people who get together and dance and make, do performances and whatnot. So yeah, so beginning of a series focusing on those folks, my sense is that not all of those will have LGBTQ plus relationships. I really liked the book. It was, it was very cute. Um, just one more I'm going to share because I started it last night, so it's kind of fresh in my mind. Um, it's called Fireheart Tiger by Aliette de Bodard. Um, who's an author I've been meaning to read for a very long time. If you follow speculative fiction or romance at all, um, you know, her name really just comes up all the time. I I can't tell if it belongs in the strictly romance category. There appears to be a love triangle. It's a novella, so I know I'm going to be able to read it fast. Um, So I think there's a love triangle. The setting is really interesting. One of the heroines is the princess of a kingdom that's inspired by pre-colonial Vietnam, and then there's another princess and some politics and some magic and then a third point to the love triangle and we'll see where it goes. But, um, but it's been getting some buzz and I'm pretty excited to read it. Wow. Yeah. Okay, my friend, now that we have completely blown up each other's TBRs, what are you reading right now
1: when i started list i not rainbow enough so i need to get more intentional about this not necessarily a challenge just intentional um especially with like some of the incredible new releases we've just talked about uh so what have i been reading well, I finally finished It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake by uh, Claire Christian, and I really enjoyed it. Noni Blake, uh, I think I was like about to finish it in our last podcast. I finally did. Uh, so yeah, Noni Blake is proud, a proud bisexual woman, and even though her main love interest is a man, she has relationships with both men and women throughout the book, and I really appreciated that component. Um, as well as the story as a whole. I've also read Spoiler Alert uh, by Olivia Dade. Uh, recommended this and encouraged me to read it while I had a quick getaway to the beach last week. And I loved it, like, so much. Uh, I know nothing about fanfic culture, so there are definitely some acronyms I had to get look up. If I didn't make them up first, I had to look them up. Uh, but for real, this this book tackled so much and it was just so fun to to be in. I really loved it.
0: I love that book so much. And thinking back on it, I cannot really remember why it didn't make my top 10 of the year. Uh, I it's that book is really something special. I have the sequel all the feels from NetGalley. I'm really excited about that. Um, okay. What else?
1: Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I, you just shared with me all the feels. It comes out in October, October 20th, turning out to be a red letter day for the record for some new releases, like Rebecca Weatherspoon's Thorn um, in the saddle. Is that? Yeah. Um, our, our Jesse or Jesse song. Uh, so yeah and now all the feels. So definitely excited for that. All right. What else am I reading? I just started, uh, the book, Yes, and I Love You by Roni Lauren. Uh, the protagonist Holland has crippling anxiety and Tourette's, which spoke to me. My anxiety has been higher than usual. So I feel like I'm commiserating with a friend here. Um, the love interest is jasper he's an actor and teaches improv out of the foster system it's moving pretty quickly and it's so delightful the secondary characters are well written too there's a horror writer who also hosts a true crime podcast who's just very entertaining and fun when when she's in the scene
0: that sounds really fun i i really like it when podcasts are woven into a novel I can't listen to true crime podcasts in real life, but I like reading about fictional. ones. Denise Mina did this really well in conviction, which is not at all romance. It's a pretty scary mystery, Um, but it's great use of a podcast in fiction. I digress back to your reads. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. I was going to say Denise Mina is not someone I've read because they seem so her, her stories seem very tense Uh, (laughs) and, and uh thrillers and horror is not necessarily something I gravitate towards but I really like that about Andy's character in yes and I love you um oh 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 I just got Beverly Jenkins Indigo it's yay I've been waiting a long time for this to get back into the Jenkins bibliography challenge
0: yay i have to uh speaking of jenkins i have to finish okay i have to start forbidden so that my dad and rita and evie and i can form a mini forbidden book club you are of course invited as well
1: (laughs) there's always room for more book clubs big and small (laughs) especially if they center on beverly jenkins
0: yeah
1: okay so how about you what are you reading
0: well, as I mentioned earlier, I, am, I continue in my massive reading slump. Apparently, all I can do is finish audiobooks these days. I keep starting things, putting them aside, even though I'm really enjoying them. Speaking of audiobooks, though, and also of rainbows, really, um, I am listening to Mr. Impossible, which is the second in Maggie Stiefvater's Dreamer trilogy. It is, as always, with anything that, that centers on this world and these characters. From Maggie Steve Otter just brilliant. And in no small part due to Will Patton's unbelievable narration, I think he's gotta be my favorite audiobook narrator of all time. He also um he also does Stephen King's books, not all of them, but um, but quite a few. He's done he did the Mr. Mercedes series, and man, he is wow. I I listened to I went, I, I drove over to the Dallas and I started Mr. Impossible and I hit play and I heard Will Patton's voice, and I, I swear tears just came to my eyes um, because it I, I just knew I was in for just this truly magical audiobook experience. And you know, and also I've listened to so many of his audiobooks. It feels like, you know, like if a, a friend that you hadn't talked to in a long time called you up and you heard their voice for, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I can't remember whether I've talked about The Raven Cycle by Maggie Seawater on this podcast. I know I've thought about it a lot. Um, This series, the Dreamer Trilogy, is a spinoff from The Raven Cycle featuring my favorite, favorite, favorite character, Ronan Lynch. I mean, we are talking top ten characters of all time in all the books I've ever read in my entire life. Uh, Despite Ronan's general grouchiness and just sort of general misanthropic attitude, Uh, He somehow managed to get himself a wonderful boyfriend. Watching their love story unfold over, I guess this is sort of over six books so far, has been one of just one of the great joys of my reading slash listening life during the last decade or so. I just feel like I've known these people for so long. (laughs) And you know, I actually think this works. This works great as a crossover. So let's shove this over into Crossover Corner, even though nobody puts Ronan Lynch in a corner if I have anything to say about <laughs> it. Oh, it was there. I just had to take it. Um, if YA fantasy, vivid characters, genuinely funny jokes, irreverence, and just fabulous writing are your thing, you might think about trying the Raven Cycle. It starts with the Raven Boys. And especially... If you decide to listen to the audiobook, you can thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, so Shannon, we said earlier that we are going in a non one last stop direction, sorry, Chris, for our September book club pick. And as any of our loyal listeners know, we have been hemming and hawing about September's book for pretty much a year, uh, half a year at this point. I think we're finally ready to make the call and we are going to announce it right now. Will you tell the people what we are going to read?
1: Okay, so the September 2021 book selection is Felix Ever After by Kacen Callender.
0: Yay! I have not read it yet. When I mentioned it to Alice, who is one of our youth librarians, she was she basically said like stop looking, that's your September book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the one.
1: Like seriously high <laughs> praise coming from Allison. So and I can safely say, I don't I don't necessarily want to speak for both of us, but I can safely say that it was important to both of us to have some trans representation in our selections. So Absolutely. this book was always kind of there at the top and you know, I'm glad, I'm glad we're going with it.
0: Me too. And, you know, I think it's really important to both of us, you know, we're sort of looking ahead already to 2022, um, you know, the number of LGBTQ plus stories we want to feature. Um, I would love to get to a point where we had at least, you know, at least one book a year featuring a trans character. And I think, I think we could do that, and this is the like this is the first step on that road. Um, another one that we considered was Cemetery Boys, um, also about a trans hero by a trans author. We weren't sure if the romantic storyline was strong enough. I'm definitely still going to read it because it looks awesome. Um, there's like supernatural stuff and ghosts and witches, and I'm pretty excited. Um, another strong contender was Let's Talk About Love by Claire Can with its ace protagonist. Basically, I think what I'm saying is that we just need to double the months, the number of months in a year so that we can pick all the books we need to pick.
1: <laughs> or maybe we could just host a book club like twice a month.
0: I know. Like, <laughs> I jest, but I also am a little bit not jesting.
1: <laughs> sure, I don't know if I could keep up.
0: I don't know if I could either. <laughs> oh my gosh, but there's just so much to talk about. So yes. Felix Ever After really excited the cover is so beautiful it's going to look great on your bookshelf. So, for those of you who have been who have been wondering what it is exactly that we're going to read in September, now you know. We would love to have you read it with us. Yay! All right, my dear, I think it's time to wind this one up. Listeners, we would love to hear your thoughts. Are you going to give us give yourself a rainbow challenge this June? Did we miss any of your favorite new releases? Um, would you like to, uh, you know, email us a recording of yourself reciting The highwayman? Any of these things. You can find your art emails on the Bookish Affair page on LOPL.org. You can comment on an LOPL social media post. Find me on my uh, little used but still existing bookstagram, Shandy B. Reads. <laughs>
1: And please consider joining us on June 13th at 11 a.m. for the virtual book discussion. We'll be talking about Jack Harbin's Meet Cute Club. And as ever, we'd love to see you there. So thank you so much for listening. It, It means the world to us.
0: Have a great week and don't forget to read the rainbow. Claire has the week off, so you're stuck with me again. Book two in Philip William Stover's New Hope series is The Beautiful Things Shop. The Vivian-nominated book from the Love Beyond Boundaries series is There Galapagos, My Heart. There's your punny romance title for the week, folks. Another audio glitch cut off the full title of Jason June's book. It's called Jay's Gay Agenda. Thanks for sticking with us through those glitches. For the latest details about library services, check the library's website at LOPL.org. We could not do this podcast without the help of quite a few awesome folks. We are grateful to Allison and Arnold and Anya Woodhouse for being our rocks and our champions and for taking care of everyone in the library. Rick Lyons for giving us this crazy idea in the first place and making us believe we could do it. Carissa Barrett for general fabulousness. Chris Myers for good trouble. We really will read one last stop. We promise Kira Taylor for cheerfully acquiring just about anything we ask her to Noel Elson, Amy Grimes and Todd Mecklem for answering all of our emails and making us look good on social media. Special thanks to Noel, Jill and Steve for always listening to the end. Even when it's me and not Claire, (laughs) everyone at LOPL has provided so much encouragement and support. Evie is our biggest cheerleader, and we hope all podcasters have a super fan like her. When she's not on vacation, Claire D does our credits and corrections. Thanks to Justin and Joe, our very own romance heroes. We'll never let anyone put you in a corner. And thanks most of all to our book club members and podcast listeners who keep us inspired and always searching for the next Happily Ever After.